1: i I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with REMAX Descarp the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes,
0: you and I, just like old times. Yes, how are you?
1: Just like how it started. <laughs> like we started
0: almost four years ago now, man. Wow. time I, I has can't flown all by. Times flying. Yeah, I think I've. Changed. You don't
1: look a day older. You're being nice.
0: Being I am being nice. nice, but I'm being accurate as well. You <laughs> <laughs> we got a few more grays,
1: uh, Rick. Don't we all? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Yes, this is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 Chml. Rick Zamprin in studio with Rob Golfe. He is a sales representative with REMAX, Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You see the billboard all over the city. Uh, you've heard this show from time to time, I'm sure. And if you haven't already, do so, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast. There's many great episodes from years gone by, we can say, uh, that we've touched on so many different topics uh, throughout uh, the many months and years that we've done the show. RobGolfi.com is the website. That's Rob, icom Remember, Golfi gets it sold and you can call them anytime, whether you're buying or selling a home, 905-575-7700. If you have a question for the Golfi team, questions at RobGolfi.com. Com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. We have a host of things we're going to get to today. You're going to talk about your wife's nephew. We'll get to that later, later yes. on in the show. We'll also talk about um, you standing up to an agent. I'm curious about uh, this story about renegotiating the price. We'll get to that a little later yeah. on as well. We'll talk about reverse mortgages as well. We talked about that a couple of yeah. weeks or yeah. months ago. We'll uh, refresh everyone's memories on how uh, you know uh, antsy people can be around those and for for good reason. But we'll start with money laundering, and uh, this is a a, a Toronto Star exclusive in a report um, uh, late last month. In Canada, the headline, in Canada nearly all accused money launderers get their charges dropped. So white-collar criminals uh, really have little to fear in the Canadian judicial system because apparently, according to Statistics Canada's Integrated Criminal Court Survey... 86% of charges for laundering the proceeds of crime laid between 2012 and 2017, so a five-year period, were withdrawn or stayed. 9% of money laundering charges during that period resulted in a guilty plea or conviction. So why are we talking about this on the Real Estate Show? Well, because as we saw in Vancouver and BC, a lot of money laundering is being tied to real estate.
1: Yeah. Now, that's why the government, we're required by law to fill out a FinTrack form. And sometimes people get offended because we ask them, you know, we need a, you know, a, we have to get their driver's license, fill out the information information. And uh, and then after we ask, we have to ask them questions like, where do you work? What position do you have at your job? And people get kind of offensive and say, you know what, that's not your business. That's hmm. my job, and I, I don't need to tell you what I do. And you know what, we, we, we just uh, we just write in, you know, just uh, did not want to disclose. And if we ever get audited from the government, you know, with the Fintrack forms, the uh, we just say, listen, they didn't want to disclose that. And right. so you guys, like, we're doing the government's job, and I understand they want to. Do, they they're, they're looking to see. Um, like you know, where the the money's coming in, where mm-hmm. the money's going out. Um, and I don't know how the money laundering's working out, to tell you the truth, because we like, I mean, I, I I can understand wire transfers, um, but like anything over ten thousand, um, they have uh, the banks have to record if you deposit over ten thousand. So I mean, if you're doing this on a continuous basis, the banks obviously are going to say, hey, look, be some red
0: flags, right? Yeah, there's going to yeah. be
1: some red flags. Um, but I can see money laundering where somebody buys a house. Now I, and like I said I I'm not I'm not a RCMP officer I don't know you know like that's not my forte but uh, maybe this is a, a a way to do it I don't know but I'm not advising people to do this but I can see money laundering somebody buys a house and they renovate it, and they renovate it with all cash money. Mm. They sell the house. Mm-hmm. Now that's all clean money. Now they get right. that money clean. They got the check. The you know the closing day happens. They, you know, and yep. uh, like, even if they break even, they still did well. Mm-hmm. So if they let's say let's say they buy a house for five hundred, they put hundred into it, and they sell it for six hundred. They get their money back, but it's clean. They cost them a hundred thousand dollars in renovations. They bought, paid all the drywall, the, the tradespeople, cash, yep. cash, yep. cash. Yeah. Now they got their $100,000. Sounds pretty
0: easy. Yeah. We had a story on CHML News uh, actually just a couple of days ago. And um, basically, the nuts and bolts of the story was the the money laundering uh, escapades, if you will, in BC are kind of being curtailed. But in Ontario, it's on the rise. So we might see a lot more of this. Stuff closer to home.
1: Well, they said just in... I guess in uh, uh, British Columbia or Vancouver, was it $5 billion? Yeah, it was laundered? massive. That's yeah. like that's just that one province or that one city. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it, it's like, I mean... It's it's hard to trace, it's hard to track, but a lot of money, I guess, is being laundered. I don't know that end of it, and mm-hmm. and it's hard to dedicate people uh, from what I read in the in the article dedicate people to uh, govern this thing or even to you know to to monitor it, and so that's why a lot of it gets away, um, and then when they're trying to prosecute somebody. A lot of them get away because it's hard to prove. It's hard to, hard yeah. to do it, yeah. And yeah. it
0: sounds like the penalties aren't very severe either. When they yeah,
1: yeah. Come. So I mean, like, hey, what do they do? They, you know, they go to uh, uh, like a minimum security uh, prison for uh, three months, and, yeah. uh, and they back out. And, they're yeah. out
0: and doing it again, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Reverse mortgages. So uh, what is a reverse mortgage? And this is a story out of the USA Today, which did a really in depth kind of uh, study or analysis of uh, you know how these things work. So reverse mortgages. Allow homeowners to borrow against the equity in their homes and stay in place mortgage-free until they pass away, giving their heirs the option of paying off the loan to keep the properties or sell them. But that's not how it works for the people who reached out to USA Today. Most issues, according to this report, can be traced back to faulty loan servicing with an often revolving cast of loan Companies and um, basically, these people are you know passing away, obviously, and now yeah. their heirs, their family members, are having a tough time keeping the house.
1: Yeah, and you know what? And, and the companies that are doing these reverse mortgages that's how they make their money, and they make their money like you know, it's almost like loan, loan sharking, but in a, in, a, in a legal way, the way they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So they say, Hey, you got a five, let's say you got a, a $600,000 house valued at six we are going to give you 500000 right? So they got 500000 They stay there for 10 years. Guess what? That 500000 the people live on. But now that house is worth a million dollars or maybe $1.1 $1. 1 million in 10 years. And the, the family has zero rights to it, and it goes right to the company that gave them the reverse mortgage. And it, and there's a lot of, like, there, there's better ways of doing that, Rick. There's way better ways of doing it. For instance, let, let's say give an example. You go get a half-million-dollar mortgage on your $600,000 house. You're retired. You, let's say you're in your 70s. You don't know how much longer you're going to live there. You can borrow $500,000 at 3%. You lock it in and your payments are going to be about 2350 2400 a month you times that by 5 it works out to 140000 so you take 140000 from the 500000 you put it in the account so it draws the it draws the mortgage out of there mm-hmm. so 5 years later your house is going to be worth probably another 2 or 300 so basically you didn't lose any money you lived off the, the balance of the 360 yep. and and that 360 you divide that by five, by by 5 years uh, uh, per per year, it works out to seventy two thousand for a retired couple plus their pension, Canada pension, whatever other pensions if they have any. Right. They're 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 they've got clean uh, maybe uh, seven eight thousand dollars with including any pensions. That's a good lifestyle for somebody in their seventies and eighties. But I understand reverse mortgages, man, it, 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 uh, we hear a lot of bad stories yeah. out there.
0: On top of the scenario that you just laid out, uh, there's no hassling with the company who is in charge of the reverse mortgage. You know, the, the, uh, in a will and estate, you can pass the home down to you know, the next person, right. and it's a much easier transfer.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that that end of it. Like like you're are you ta- you're talking about like if, if if you do it the pro the not the, the reverse way that, more.
0: the way that you suggest
1: the it. way I suggested it. very simple very simple and I, like like I would definitely if you are in a position that you need some money you want to stay in your house talk to your. Uh, kids. And if you don't have kids or you or nephews, be, be careful, find somebody that you can trust about it, that knows about it. And somebody like somebody that has nothing to gain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just, just, Find out what what the proper thing. I think get your own mortgage, and sometimes that might be hard because they may not have enough money sure. to get their own mortgage. But if you make a deal with the banks, say, hey, listen, I'm going to put two hundred fifty thousand to draw from this mortgage for the next five years, so you, I don't have to worry about touching it. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine about that. Yeah. They'll say, hey, no problem. And uh, but the reverse mortgage way, you y- you leave uh, your heirs, uh, you're like in devastation. They don't know, and 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 all of a sudden, you know, maybe they want to live there. That's where they grew up, and they can't. Uh, they can't have their house that they grew up in.
0: What is the appeal of the reverse mortgage for those individuals who are in you know, their, the, the late stages of life and and and, and are enticed by this? No well, what, mortgage payments. No mortgage payments. That's, that is it.
1: No p- mortgage payments. They So I think they still pay for their uh, taxes, utilities, and, um, and I'm not even sure what the fine line is about maintaining and upkeeping the property. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they have to. They don't want a leaky roof. They're not right, going to live yeah. in the house. So you're better off kind of doing your own reverse mortgage on your own part. And uh, putting the money aside, and then, uh, and then, you, and then you you still have the equity buildup on the house. You're not yeah. you're not forfeiting the house five to ten years later. And the house is worth double than what you uh, originally
0: started at. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just out of this report uh, from USA Today, it says reverse mortgages came with no income or credit requirements a decade ago, leading to a wave of brokers to write loans to borrowers who turned them in as uh, a financial last resort to pay for home repairs or pay off debts. Servicing disputes that emerge after the death of a borrower sometimes reveal that loans should not have been issued in the first place. And that's a whole other can of worms.
1: Right. So they can't afford to maintain the property. They can't afford to maintain the property, so within a year after they get their uh, mortgage, yeah. they're they're already selling their house. So regardless, now they lost all that money. Plus, they got no equity left from their house. Like, it's just, it's mm-hmm. a disaster.
0: And if they're using that money to pay off debts, so they're they're basically selling their house to this company yep. for reverse mortgage. They don't have any mortgage payments, but they're using that money to pay off their debt, and they might not have any money after that. And now they're really in the large. They're,
1: yeah, they're in trouble. So they, and, that's, and then they end up selling, and then, and it really, it defeats the purpose. Now yeah. they actually, it costs them thousands, and, you know, it can be hundreds of thousands that uh, it costs them. So- like, like I said, people, uh, you know, like really research it. Talk to people. Don't don't make rash decisions. Don't mm-hmm. don't get involved in that high pressure, you know, situation where they want you to sign on a dotted line because once you sign they got you. They don't care. They want that they got you. Yeah, they're in it to make money too. Yeah. So no are doubt. we
0: seeing a lot of this?
1: I haven't, I've, I haven't come across that much, but I, you know what? I, I'm sure in about five to ten years, we're going to see a lot of it going on. Yeah. I guarantee it. Well,
0: still to come on the show: How to protect yourself yourself from real estate scams, and Rob has a story about his wife's nephew, Derek. We'll get the lowdown on that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Uh-huh. Let me go. come back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Zainfran in studio today with Rob Golfi, sales representative with Remax Cartman Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Robgolfi.com, The website robgolfi.com golf At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Search him out on Facebook as well and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes on Rob golfy.com and 900CHML.com. If you have a question for the Golfy team, questions at RobGolfy.com is the email address. That email address again, questions at RobGolfy.com. Still to come, to win a seller disclosure case, you'll need evidence to prove they deliberately deceived you about damage to the home. That sounds interesting. And Rob will also tell us a story about standing up to an agent. Uh, we'll get the lowdown on that. How to protect yourself from real estate scams. So interesting story out of the New York Times where this individual uh, who was a licensed associate real estate broker was working with a buyer to close a one-bedroom condo on the Williamsburg waterfront in June of 2016. So this is four years ago now.
1: Yeah, and usually the the, the results come out after the like it takes all that through courts through. and courts and stuff. That's why they're the, the, the when they right. come out with a case, it's always two, three, four years old. Yeah, because it just finally got resolved.
0: So here's what happened: as the deal was being finalized, the client received an email, ostensi- ostensibly from his lawyer, providing specific instructions about when and where to wire a two hundred thirteen thousand dollar down payment. So within moments. of of sending the money the client discovered that the writing instruct or the wiring instructions had not been seen by his lawyer but by a scammer and that he was a victim of wire fraud, but he got lucky. He alerted his bank immediately and was able to put a freeze on the account before the funds were transferred. So he says the criminals operating the scam hacked into the attorney's email, monitored their account, and closely followed their deals. And when it came time to send a wire for the down payment, they intercepted the email and sent fraudulent wire instructions to the purchaser. This is scary.
1: Yes. So what they're doing is they're intercepting uh, a lawyer's uh, email. So they're tracking it. Yeah. So they're waiting. Now, lawyers have trust accounts, right? And they carry millions of dollars in there. And uh, so what they're doing is they're waiting for the communication that's going back and forth by email. And now they realize, okay. They're they getting got, close to a deal. They're getting right? close to a deal. The, the person's got to submit uh, a, 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 a check. So they, they can wire it or they can do you know, come in with certified check or whatever. So they actually intercept that and they send, them, send it to this account and that's how they they get away. Now, I don't know uh, if there's insurance on that because it, you know, it could be what Eggs. over uh, well, that was what 213,000. 213,000. $213, $213, Somebody's out of thir- 213,000. That and that's a sad situation. I personally uh, I always get go to the bank, get the certified check and go right to the Absolutely. to the lawyer's office. That's the way I like doing it. I I do email transfers, but not in that kind of sum. Like, you know, like hey, I you know, a buddy, you know, this and that. Here, here's two hundred bucks, here's you know the you know
0: but not six figures.
1: Not (laughs) I I wouldn't I, I personally wouldn't do that because you know what? Now and the reason why they're saying this is how they get their email addresses. You you can like people go to uh, like a Starbucks or you know Tim Hortons. They want to know what the Wi-Fi is there. There right. could be a guy there tracking your oh, Wi-Fi, yeah. yep. and then all of a sudden now he's got for some reason he's got that technology that can pick up your email, and now he can track you all the way down. Like like these are highly sophisticated. Yeah. Yeah people that know how to do this and I always use my own Uh, I tether mine uh, with my phone or I have a separate Wi-Fi little unit that I bring with me Mm -hmm. I I rarely uh, go to a a public uh, Wi-Fi log into a public uh, Wi-Fi system
0: yeah, obviously these people are are hacking into these, thing, or, or yeah. just joining and and then doing uh, you know unscrupulous things. So the FBI says scams involving real estate, uh, including the spoofed accounts, are on the rise. From October 2014 to October 2019, the FBI reported a total of 3,766 victims of real estate scams across the USA and internationally, with losses totaling 338.8 million dollars. And of those victims, 799 were reported between January 2019 and October 2019, so just last year, with losses totaling over 69 million dollars. This is this is big time stuff. You know what? A lot of things are happening. Even like Rick, I'll
1: tell you, there there's a lot of crime going on out there right now. I was just the Scotia Bank downtown. I, I walk in. <laughs> there's like a security. I'm not sure if he was a police officer or a security guard. He's opening up the door for me. I go, okay, thanks. I go, maybe he was walking out. <laughs> I, I go there, do you know, talk to the bank manager to do some business. I'm leaving. He opens the door for me again, and then I and I just had a conversation actually this morning or yesterday morning, and I said, like, do you guys have security now? She goes, yeah, and it's locked. The door is locked. Really? Yeah. Like, like. You so this go, person's
0: job is to unlock the door to let people in.
1: Well, it's it's a security guard. Or a, a police officer. I'm not sure what it is. Wow! And their job is, I guess, they scrutinize people walking in and out of there, like because I guess a lot of banks are getting robbed. There's a lot of uh, people coming, uh, crime waves of uh, from other countries. People are coming in from other countries, coming mm-hmm. here, robbing banks and everything. And and then you know they'll do a bunch and leave the country. And you know wow. who, who are these people that rob? They can't find them. Yeah, they're gone.
0: So for real estate transactions, big and small, you recommend certified check is the best way. I,
1: to I'm do. telling you, go certified check. Go right to your bank. Do the old. Thing. Fashion way, and that's the way I do it. And you know what? I, I haven't had any problems, but I, again, like you're, it's it's like a needle in a haystack. You can be that one person sure, yeah. that ends up getting in trouble, you know. C- uh,
0: can you do it with a bank transfer, i.e., this institution to this institution? Is that secure uh, as well?
1: Uh, if you're going to do a transfer, I would talk to the uh, lawyer, say, Hey, listen, I'm going to do it right now. Everything's good. He- is this the account number? Right. Talk to him over the phone instead of by email. Just say, Listen, I'm going to do it. Is this is the right account? And then, and then you know if you're going to do a transfer like that. But yeah. don't just go by email and send it, and then I'll. And I like I'm, I'm from this school where I, I like talking on the phone better than emails I still do emails but yeah. I want to know you know exactly what the right way. Yeah, where and,
0: the person's coming from. Yeah. You can, yeah. uh, you know, reading an email uh, is very much different than talking to a person. Yeah, that's 100%. right. That's right. Uh, a story out of the Washington Post. This is a great one. It's all about disclosure. So it's a, basically a QA and a with one of the reporters at this uh, institution. And the question is, when do you have enough evidence to pursue a seller disclosure case? So I'll give you the scenario. They purchased a remodeled home last year, and they discovered that after doing some deep property cleaning that the sellers had purposely, hid major termite damage on all kitchen base cabinets. The seller said that they had a termite inspection a month before they moved in, and there was a sticker on the cabinet that indicated it had passed. They had termite traps since they had been there, and, um... While they were cleaning the, the the damage, they obviously discovered that you know there was termites there. So the question is, do we have a seller disclosure case, or do we have to add this to the already large pile of cash ten thousand dollars plus we have had to fork out due to their lies?
1: I think they should have they should have disclosed that they did have a termite problem, right? And they could have said they repaired it, but they didn't really do a good job repairing the yeah. under the cabinet there um and apparently
0: they glued a false top over the original base and painted it so they were
1: they were (laughs) just doing a band-aid they were just doing a band-aid so you would miss it when you saw we're looking at the house to buy and now the people that live there now they got to deal with this and they've got damages um it's you know what if they if they can prove that these guys were hiding it i'm sure the courts would say hey you know what? You guys misled these people. You didn't mm-hmm. disclose that the, there there was a problem rectified and what you did to the cabinets to 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 fix it. You just put a band aid over it. Yeah. The, the the judges, they, they you know what? They're not gonna let guys like that get away with it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's you know what? There's a lot of people like we tell people, uh, we had a leak, we fixed it, and it's not leaking now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they, and people want to know that so that when they're looking at it, negotiating, you know, you, it's always good to disclose. Always good to disclose. Yeah.
0: Um, in, in this case with the termites, apparently the base kitchen cabinets were heavily damaged, yeah. or at least below the the aid Yeah. In terms of disclosure, if someone has a leak, uh, a leaky basement, a leaky roof, whatever the case is, does that throw some buyers off? Do the buyers say, "Yeah, you know what? I'll look somewhere else now." Not,
1: not really. It really, just yeah? it just like it shows that. Let, let's say I, I walk into a house and I see some brown stains on the ceiling now if it's a two-story home brown stains on the ceiling means that they had a leak in their bathroom not in, in yeah, the it's a plumbing issue but but if you have brown stains on the ceiling of the second floor um then you did have a a, a, a leaky roof at one time now i'm looking if i'm looking outside and say well look the roof's fairly new so obviously they fixed the, the, the problem right i would question it if they don't say anything but then I would definitely do a, a, a more of an inspection in the attic to make sure there is no mold buildup or, or whatsoever mm-hmm. yeah
0: does that all uh, also go in you know if they're disclosing one thing you should be looking at other factors so yes we had a leaky roof should you also be saying okay if, if they're disclosing that maybe there's some other things that they're not telling us
1: yeah like if, if, you're, if, if, if you're hiding one thing that, that there's probably many other things that right. you're hiding so so you got to really be like I'll, I'll tell you an experienced realtor would know this like they'll walk through like when i walk through a house and i'm showing a house I, I'm telling you there's a lot of things I look at I look at the windows the shingles I, I look at the, the 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 drain pipes going down at the side of the house uh, you look at the kitchens I always open underneath the drawer I uh, like the the kitchen sink uh, mm-hmm. under the kitchen sink drawer see hey are these guys they've been maintaining their plumbing down there or are they just let it leak and right, leak and right, leak right. Um, there's a lot of different things that you have to look at I turn on uh, taps and see you know there's there's so many things that you can find out about the house before you even put the offer in and then uh, but yeah yeah, like, it just like all that goes in, in inside with buying a house. You yeah. you got to make sure you the guy that you're working with knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, before the show, you handed me uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association Seller Property Information Statement Residential, and uh, there's a number of things on this list. So we'll go through some of the things that uh, you wanted to highlight. Um, like- number ten on this list. Are you aware of any pending developments projects or rezoning applications in the neighborhood? So is this something that the homeowner is going to
1: Well no, answer? well yeah, so the, okay. so you asked the homeowner about that, but it's our job and duty to find out if there is any uh major projects going in the area because okay. if I sell a house, if I got the, if I have the listing and I sell this house and the and the homeowner the new buyer comes in and all of a sudden now they're tearing up grounds behind the house uh, he, uh, nobody disclosed saying, "Hey, there's a big subdivision, right. or there's a train, uh, a rail going right, right behind."
0: But you, as the agent, should know this. My my
1: job is to find that information okay. out. I'm supposed to know all that. And go, oh, go ahead. I was Bri-
0: going to say, so number eleven. Are there any public projects planned for the neighborhood, which would basically be about you know the same thing, same thing, road widenings, new highways, expropriations. So you have to find this info out.
1: I, absolutely. It's our job uh, to find that out because we are liable for it. Remember, I am the one that's got the house up for sale yeah. and I put it up for sale. My job is to find out as much information on this property as possible. If there's anything that could maybe deter somebody from buying it uh, that may not want that Field or whatever that's happening.
0: Number seventeen uh, would throw many people sideways. Uh, are there any current or pending heritage restrictions for the property or the area? Does this come about a, a uh, lot all, here in Hamilton? All the
1: time, especially in the duran neighborhood. Uh, people ask: Is is this a heritage home? and uh, so it, it, it like like the building that my office is in it, it it's a it's a heritage home but it's not a designated heritage home okay so what's so, the difference
0: what is a heritage home
1: a, a, heri- a okay a heritage home is basically a house that's probably over a hundred years old and they want you to keep the the same look of it and and that's why people love living in the Durand area because it's got that nice vintage right. uh, feel and look now most people try to keep it the same way now a heritage designated heritage home you cannot change anything outside of this home, really. This porch is got to be exactly the same way, and it's got to be that way forever. Hmm. So I remember one house uh, that w- a guy was starting to rip out the porch, and he was just going to fix it. I don't know what he was going to do, and they stopped him. The city stopped him. Said, hey, wait a minute. This is a, a heritage home, designated wow. heritage home. It cost him, I think, about twenty six thousand. To put it, he had to put it back the way it was. Wow! Yeah, like he had to fix it, like so. He, like he had no idea about that. Like, like he's just ripping out, <laughs> trying to redo the porch, and they said, "No, you got to put it the same way." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he learned that lesson. But obviously, whoever he bought the house from, or the or the agent that had the house, didn't uh, Dude, say that homework. you cannot change anything on this house.
0: Wow. So for for your building, are, are you able to make cosmetic changes? Um,
1: I the the, the person I bought the building from kept it. To its original way, so, um, and uh, they wanted to keep it um, uh, like that heritage heritage look, and I don't know. If I can change it, I don't think I can. But it's not a designated heritage home, though. Right. It's not okay. designated. But well, I, it looks fine either way. It, it looks, yeah. <laughs> so I want to keep it the same way because it, that's that's the appeal of the house. Yeah.
0: Um, are there any defects in any appliances or equipment included with the property? So th- would this be furnace, air conditioner, absolutely, dishwasher? Yeah, absolutely. You got to
1: disclose. Sometimes when we have some people have uh, you know some appliances that aren't working as well, we put down as is condition. Okay. So hey, we're leaving the fridge and stove. But they're going to be as is. So uh, meaning... So as is can mean anything. It can be working. It can be not working. It can be, you know... It It is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) So the buyer knows that they're going to have to probably replace whatever appliance that is left there. That's it. So they know they're not going to be like, oh, wow, I didn't know this wasn't working. I'm upset. You know what I mean? Like they... You know, everything should be working.
0: Now, is that inside and outside the home?
1: Everything. Anything that, that could... Affect uh, you know somebody moving in and would so be like a pool heater yeah would it could be, be a same. pool heater or or a pump or anything like listen right. you're getting the pump as is it's uh, usually pool pumps last for seven years mm. and if it's eight years old uh, the pool pump you're gonna have to disclose say listen the pool pump's eight years old you're getting it as is it may it may if it's a if it's in the middle of winter you're buying the house this pump may not kick in in this in the spring
0: right. so you may have to buy a new one yeah uh, environmental are you aware of possible environmental problems or soil contamination in any kind to the property uh, or in the immediate area radon gas toxic waste uh, underground gasoline or fuel tanks
1: yes they talked uh, about this in the past yeah too. like some of these old farmhouses have buried oil tanks you got to be careful, like, like, and, and and that homeowner doesn't even know there's a buried tank there. But all of a sudden, somebody starts digging, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Look what you we know, found. <laughs> and guess what? Now, envir- env- the environmental people are there, and it puts a hold on everything. Then you got to do a phase one and report, and phase two, and right. it just it could add up to thousands and thousands of dollars.
0: This one might be tough to predict, uh, but at least you would have some history to it. Is the property subject to flooding?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. If you ever had any flooding, you could say we had one isolated incident and everybody will remember that storm, all that kind of stuff. Those seller property information statements that you're holding there, Rick, they are good for the buyer. They're bad for the seller. Because for one, somebody may say, Do you have any mold mold or any mold issues mm-hmm. in your house? The the most sellers, the people that homeowners don't look in their attic or don't know what's going on behind the walls right. in their basement. Yeah. New homeowner comes in, so the new homeowner comes in and, and starts ripping out the basement, says, Hey, I'm gonna re-renovate the basement, and he sees mold everywhere. Yeah. So what happens is the previous owner
0: uh, didn't know that now the new owner is upset and now they're all that's how lawsuits and start with these things uh, we will get more on the seller property information statement couple more things to go through on that and uh, also um rob's wife's nephew Did i get that right yes that, yeah derek we'll get to that uh, when we come back here on the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml <laughs> Going home Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's i.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, search them out at Rob Golfie and download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Past episodes on Rob We're going through the uh, seller property information statement. uh, And one of the other things, uh, I kind of chuckle because I always recall the dungeon story that you have. Yeah. This is kind of different. Uh, Has the use of the property ever been for the growth or manufacture of illegal substances? Yeah, not to say the dungeon was, but yeah, you just got that
1: picture. I've never had anybody say yes, (laughs) so I don't know if they're lying or not. But they have to initial beside that. But have
0: you ever found something that when they after they said no? I uh, have never found anything.
1: No, but um, you you, you could find out. You could tell if a house has been uh, uh, wired. Now they've got better technology for uh, lighting systems, so they're not using as much hydro anymore. So
0: yeah. But, They're getting sneaky.
1: But when you see a, a house with uh, all the little pot stains all the way around the basement, you know something's been going <laughs> on.
0: <laughs> this one, uh, there's probably a lot of yeses on this uh, category. Have you made renovations, additions, improvements to the property, and was a building permit obtained?
1: Yes. And you know what? A lot of people do renovations without yeah. a building permit, yeah. and I understand that. And so some, most people do it the right way, and a lot of people don't do it. The right way, and then there's issues after because mm-hmm. you know, like maybe the electrician wasn't a true electrician, right. and all that kind of stuff. So it just, it just, um, you know, a lot of people now they're saying, hey, I want, I want, I want that permit that you got to to do put uh, the renovations on this place. I don't want uh, to find out that I I got some wiring issues. Mm-hmm. I got to you know wake up with smoke in my face uh, right. because of a fire.
0: Is uh, this one's interesting? Is the wood stove, chimney, fireplace inserts in good working order?
1: Yes, that's the wet wet certification they call it, and um, usually when I represent the seller, I tell the buyer that we are not uh, uh, we don't have a wet certification saying that it can be used. Uh, we're uh, sometimes a lot of a lot of people right now don't use their uh, wood fireplace. They don't use it, um, and but if they do use it, we say that the buyer must pay for the wet certification. An insurance company will not insure that fireplace. If they're using it, unless they got a wet certification. Okay. So, you know, um, so either usually we let the buyer pay for it because if they want to pay for it, that means they want to use it. Sure. Let them pay for it. Yeah. Is yeah. that a costly thing? It's about $400. Like usually mm. ch- uh, chimney sweeper companies that would, uh, ha- uh, some of them have that license to give you that certification. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Uh, and the last one, type of wiring, copper, aluminum, knob and tube other, what would other be?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a I mix don't know. of a mix of everything. Yeah, maybe, maybe the homemade stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, but yeah, if there's aluminum wiring, sometimes we don't know. Uh, if there's aluminum wiring in the house, the best thing is you go to the hydro panel and and take a look, see what the wiring are, yeah. is coming up to the panel. It'll say aluminum on there. Uh, aluminum wiring was done in the uh, in the 70s, right? So there's a lot of homes out there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You just need better uh, connectors. So you should replace all your uh, electrical connectors. You know your switches and your yeah. plugs that co- go into the wall. Just change them to be the right fit for the aluminum wiring.
0: Right. Are we still seeing knob and tube?
1: I still, yeah, we still see a lot of knob and tube wiring houses out there. Now, those people that have knob and tube wiring, they're they're homeowners that own their home probably for more than you know twenty years now. Like any now, if there's an exchange of a home, uh, the first thing the insurance company is, what's the wiring? If there's knob and tube, it's got to be replaced. It's got to be replaced.
0: Um, Got this topic here. Uh, We've talked about this uh, a number of times on the show, basically, uh, you know, furnace or air conditioner rental. So there's this individual uh, here in Canada, I don't remember the the city where she was in, but she was trying to get out of a rental contract for a furnace and air conditioner and she was outraged by the price. Uh, The company came back with $32,000 buyout to uh, basically end the contract. Uh, she didn't think that was uh, correct, so she um, you know, hired a lawyer and they kind of investigated things. But uh, due to a flood of consumer complaints, Ontario did ban unsolicited door-to-door home energy appliance sales in 2018. All other provinces except Alberta Still allow the practice, which is rather interesting. So basically, the company said, "Yeah, you owe us thirty-two grand." The uh, lawyers got involved, and basically, uh, they figured out it should have been fifteen thousand dollars, still a chunk of change. Yeah, uh, and they resolved uh, the um, this case out of court. But uh, people should be careful about these things. Absolutely, we
1: don't see it as much, but about four or five years ago, Rick, I'll tell you, a lot of homes they got into these contracts. And uh, and when they were selling their houses, they were in tears. They yeah. had no clue that these buyouts were that expensive. Right, and it, and it sometimes people had couldn't even sell their house because there wow. w- there wasn't enough equity to sell. So. It, uh, so if you're it,
0: not selling your home, you're okay. Yeah,
1: like uh, if you're gonna get a for a furnace and uh, air conditioner, finance it. Don't don't rent yeah, it. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, they they sell you on the fact that oh you don't have to worry about service, you don't have to worry. Well, if you're buying a brand new
0: furnace, you should have at least a five to ten year warranty. Yeah, it, should on it. Okay. You
1: know, it, it should be okay. You know, it should be okay. Yeah. When we
0: come back, we'll talk about uh, Rob standing up to an agent that wanted to renegotiate the price. We'll tell you about what happened there. When we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. last go-round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rob Golfie is a sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, and thanks for joining us here on a beautiful Saturday morning in the city of Hamilton. Rick Samperin in studio with Rob. You can check him out online at robgolfie.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700, and they're all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. How's the Instagram thing going, by the way?
1: We're doing good. We we, we go we, we, we go strong, peaks and then and we go off peaks and valleys. <laughs> so we're, we're going we're, we're, we're to stick to it strong uh this year so yeah so um yeah it'll be good it'll be good
0: talk about standing up to an agent that wanted to renegotiate a price what happened here
1: i've got two stories here rick okay and both stories i was bang on right now this now what i'm saying here this is the experience and the negotiations this is what you hire agents for you don't you don't hire an agent just put a for sale sign along because he's the cheapest guy this is what you hire an agent for so I'll, I'll I'll tell you about the one that happened in December. Uh, my wife's nephew Derek, and, and I say my wife's nephew is because he's almost the same age as me. <laughs> so he's going through a separation now. We, you know, his wife did not want us to to deal with it because there's a conflict of you know because sure. of family. Right. I understand that completely. Um, so they put the house up for sale, and it was a little high on the high side. They put their house up. He he asked me. I said I said you're you're probably high in the price. I go you're quite high. Anyway, so four or five months later, he calls me up. We got an offer. They got an offer for seven hundred forty-five thousand. I go fantastic. It's that's what it's worth. <laughs> I said Derek, and then but he goes they uh, they did a home inspection and they want to uh, uh, bring it down to seven hundred fifteen, and I go and I go really, and I, I go well, and I knew the house was dated. He knows it's dated. It it was a, a big lot. Like whoever's buying it, uh, whoever's looking at this house would know they have to do renovations to it. So I and I I said tell me a little bit about the. Uh, uh, the, the, your agent and and the and the buyers that are coming in and I, so he told me the agent okay, and I go who's the uh, agent on the other end? He goes a Toronto agent. I go okay, okay. I go Derek, here's what you do. You tell your agent and I, you know I'm not supposed to be this, but he's my you know wife's nephew. Sure. I know him really well. Yeah. I says tell your agent. Listen to tell the agent in Toronto. Uh, you tell them. Uh, sorry, 745 is the price. Otherwise, uh, we want a mutual release. We're gonna drop our price to 750 and we'll get 745 from somewhere else. He goes, really? I go, just tell him that. Mm -hmm. And he goes, Rob, I'm afraid. Don't worry. Tell him, tell her to tell the other agent that. Trust me, because I know how these guys operate. Anyway comes back to me about a week later says, "Rob, we only gave up 5,000 instead of 35,000." <laughs> I said, "Derek, if I had this, you would not have to give up one penny." Right. So they they dropped their price from uh from 745 to 740. So him talking to me and me coaching him what to to do mm-hmm. saved him, I don't know, 25 thousand. Twenty-five, thirty thousand. 30 20, 20, 25 yeah. 30,000. So see, like that agent was actually pushing them to take the 715. Now, here's another incident just happened last week. I sold. We, we I negotiated this property with this uh, other agent locally here in town, and uh, and I and I said to the agent he wanted to bring an offer in and we negotiated, and uh, we were happy with our price. Okay, we're like I, I, I thought we got a great price for it. The other agent, you know, I guess they they had no choice. Their clients wanted it, and I said to the other agent. You got, I and I and because I, I know his style of how he operates, right? Now, mm-hmm. yeah. and I said to him, I go, look, I go, you've seen the house, you know it's an older house, it's a century home, you know it needs, you know, a little bit of work all the time. Every every old century home he goes, Rob, I'm no problem, I'm I'm not like that. And I go, okay, so it was conditional till last Friday night. He calls me Thursday night, he says. Uh, Rob, you know, we got about $12,000 worth of work here, you know? So, and and he goes, what do you think? You think your guy might want to maybe split that? We can, and I, and I, and he's just rambling, 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 rambling. So I said to him, just send me what you want by an amendment Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and then I'll, I'll go to my client. Right. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to say anything anymore. So he (laughs) sends it to me. So now the next day he's got till midnight to firm this deal up. Right. Or. Walk away. Mm-hmm. So he sends me an amendment till three o'clock the next day. So he sends it to me and, that, and three o'clock was a, a, red, a red flag for me. I knew right away, ah, this guy's trying to see if he can beat me up more on the price. So I, uh, so I, go to, uh, so I get the uh, email the next day uh, and, it, and it was good till three o'clock. I call my client. And he goes, Rob, you do what you think is good. I, that's why I hired you. I trust you. So I replied, got the email. Three o'clock comes by. I still haven't replied to him. Four o'clock comes by. I haven't replied. Six o'clock comes by. After six o'clock, he sends me. Uh, he's firming up the deal. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Oh. I'm telling you, that's experience right there. That's what you hire a good realtor. Mm-hmm. The guy that can stand up. The guy that knows his market. The guy that knows how to read other people. Uh, the, the two, there was two things on that conversation I had with that other agent. The night before, he was asking, do you think... Your guy may, might, might, you know, he wasn't given direct answers. Your guy has to do a price reduction. Otherwise we're not going for this. He would scare me that way. The next day he sends me an amendment till three o'clock. He still had another, another five, six hours after that. So I knew I had time to play. I knew if he was bluffing and I bluffed him, say, Hey, we got another, we got people in line waiting for this. So you either want it or you don't. So I saved that person, uh, I think it was $5,000 from uh not going down most agents would have would have dropped the price gone to their seller say hey these guys they got all these issues to deal with and they would have dropped the price and they would have dropped another five thousand that's the difference everybody and I I know I'm pat- uh, tooting my own horn but I I get excited when I do something great for my clients
0: and that's why golfy gets It Sold, rob thanks for coming in enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow night as well yes you are listening to the Hamilton real estate show we're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML